0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Sweat and Grime. You got Rick, you got Matt motherfucking Totten, What's up? and you got Brian in the house for yet another episode of Sweat and Grime. And this week we have Jerry Wilson with Water's Edge Dock and Hoist. How are you, sir? Very good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the podcast. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah. So as we always do, can you just start us off by giving us all the way back a little bit of history on yourself? Sure. So um, I was raised on a farm
1: on the south side of Howell, Michigan, um, sheep farming and horse farming. And uh, um, very quickly after being able to um, start getting into the working world, I uh, started a landscaping company with my younger brother, Garrick Wilson. And, um, that kind of snowballed from there into, uh, installing
0: boat docks and boat lifts. So how did you get into the water world from the landscape world? Cause that's a pretty, like, Where that's a big step. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's true. Right. Right. A water, man, that's <laughs> Total culture shock yeah. Yeah. growing right. up on the farm, not even
1: near any lakes. I had no clue that that world even existed. Yeah. Um, really what happened was we started doing work with a lot of these people on, the lake, um, landscape maintenance wise, mowing their lawns, plowing their snow. And, uh, I realized that they needed somebody to put their boat docks in and their boat lifts in and take them out. So it started as a supplemental thing to the landscaping. Yeah. And then, I mean, fast forward a few years and we sold the landscaping company and went full into the, uh, boat dock and boat lift world, marine construction. All right
0: at this point, but at that point, boat dock and boat lift, uh, installation removal. Nice. So going from traditional landscaping to getting in the water, you kind of, it's, it's not just a scope of work difference. You're talking, now you're getting involved with, it was formerly DEQ, now it's Eagle. You're, you're getting well into a lot of hairy territory. What was that like stepping into that world from the landscape world? So at that part of our move into the marine world no
1: uh deq or egle as they call them now um it was sectional removable type dock systems so they're they're very lenient with that type of stuff um so at that point we were just putting them in taking them out and kind of what was a game changer for us when we really knew when i say us i mean it was my brother and i and maybe whatever guys we could find that weren't too hung over to work with us you know how it starts out (laughs) (laughs) Um, we we got these barges. Nobody had them around here. Floating forklifts would be the best way that I could describe it. Yeah. There's a set of forks that you can hit a lever hydraulically. They'll squirt out of the front or shoot out of the front, pull the lever, and up it lifts the boat lift. So we went from having to float these things around to being able, you know, with float tubs, we use like these foam floats or these plastic floats to actually having these floating forklifts where we can lift them up set them on land. Um, wow. We went from being able to do five or six in a day to like 40 or 50. I was yeah.
0: going to say yeah. that's, no, that's, that's impressive. Impressive. Did, you guys,
1: did
2: you guys like invent this contraption or was this something that was out there in the market? The forklift 30. squirter. Yeah. The forklift squirter. <laughs> um, How much water
1: did we, it squirt?
3: <laughs>
1: the, um, the first one that we got mm. was um, heavily modified to do what we do here. So, from what I had seen in the industry prior to stepping in it here, um, mostly Minnesota, Wisconsin areas, what I was really paying attention to, the lakes are eight miles long, yeah. nine miles long, yeah. and and these guys make their whole living on one or two lakes. Yep. Here we work on a hundred plus lakes Jeez, just in Livingston. Wow, wow. Is mm-hmm. insane! And it's a lot of places like Pine Creek, you know, uh, Brighton Lake. Yep. Um, Crooked Lake, big crooked, little crooked. So you're only talking three or four hundred acre lakes at the biggest. Yeah. Brighton Lake's probably half that size. Yeah. Yeah. So we had to, we had to have a puddle jumper where we could go from one lake to another very quickly and move these things in and out uh, efficiently. So we took something that we found out there and heavily modified it to be able to puddle jump around here. All right interesting so did you
4: ever lose any docks yet
3: (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) yes and lifts and um we even flipped one of our barges in the early days Ooh. as we're figuring this out um one thing that's been really fun but also really stressful um this industry is not really evolved here it is now it's starting i like to think we've added to that a little bit um kind of showing people this is, there's not a lot of people to show you anything. So we've tried to be the guys that lend a hand up and say, we need more good people in this industry. Yeah. Let's, on. let's show you what we do. But oh my gosh, did we make a lot of mistakes? Um,
4: what was, the, what fl- was one that sticks out?
1: Probably that flip in the barge. That was a lot of money. Uh, a lot of equipment lost very quickly. Now, Nobody, did
2: you didn't lose any guys, right? Yeah. How did it no happen? No, it was just like <laughs> slow, <laughs> like you the captain
1: did with the ship. Or? Or, yeah. story yeah, with no, <laughs> his bushlight <laughs> going <to laughs> down <ride> the ship. <laughs> um, actually, I wasn't even out there that day. Oh man. Um, it was my brother. He's, he's going to hate that I'm telling this story. No, he'll probably love it. Call him it. out. <laughs> he, uh, my brother, Garrick Wilson, <laughs> they were, at that time, it wasn't like, um, yes, we pushed very hard, but we were still figuring out how to schedule properly. And we had a lot of time, um, maybe floating around or waiting for a truck to pick up a barge. So I wish it was more of a glorious story, but um, the boom was out on the barge and a couple guys were up there doing a. Uh, jump off the forks, which is fun. It's like a thirty foot fall. um Damn. Very safe in, in the sense that, that, that it's. Oh yeah! Wow! Yeah, mo- and a lot of it's. Um, you you can unhinge it at the rear, hinge it at the front, and you can get these forks to go down in the water too. You so like
2: slide in. Yeah,
1: we can grab a lot of stuff off the bottom, and but anyways, yeah, just having fun and not realizing exactly what was going to happen. And the guys were up there. One jumped off. And it started swaying. And um, right at that time, a boat was kind of coming by and some wake was hitting. And you can guess what happened. It just kinda, the, the, um, the kind of the... The kind of momentum of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what you're
0: saying is the most expensive, costly mistake that happened didn't even happen during work. It happened while you were fucking around. On the the yeah. and that
1: <laughs> how it always goes, too? Yeah. That's awesome. I, I remember a lesson the, in physics yeah. that day.
0: What, what was
4: it like to recover this thing?
1: That was a tough one. Um, we were... In 30 foot of water, my brother so was with the sink, crew.
0: Or did it just roll over? No,
1: just rolled over. Okay. But the boom was all the way down on the bottom. <laughs> oh, so nice. he- here's kind of the, when I say it was, it's was, it been very fun making the industry up as we go, it also sucks when nobody else is around here with anything to pull the you out of the water. With. Yeah. yeah. Like, what the heck do we do? USA um, boats, right? 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 Yeah, you know, yeah we'll call them <laughs> yeah. um We actually, I got a call before my brother actually called me, I got a call from, the um fire department i didn't say what lake this was on did i no no and uh <Yeah. laughs> it was one of my buddies that worked there um and he's like hey there's a barge flipped over on this lake that wouldn't happen to be you <laughs> what? it like yeah it is <laughs> he goes if I can buy it 24 hours and get it out of there. Other than that, we're going to have to bring in, like, they don't even know, Coast Guard or something. Oh, no shit. Which would have been a ton of money. Yeah, you got to think there's fuel and hydraulics and everything. So um, we just kept trying things until something worked which has kind of been the story so <laughs> far. Now, what was uh, so that? Far. That worked. Yeah, so... Or is that a trade secret now? No, no, I, I wish... Uh, yeah, no, I wish it was a bunch miraculous, of and but everyone
0: hanging off. <laughs> it was free dive
1: down. So my brother and I kept free diving down until we could hook the forks low enough where we could find a spot and kept come-alonging um, the forks back into themselves, And then we'd have to jump under and hit the lever, so it would come back up a little further. (laughs) Doing everything reverse. A little further. (laughs) Yep. And then it's still upside down on the water. So at this point, I bought every single bit of chain that I could find at every tractor supply within 50 miles, and we got an excavator to a beach and ripped it up on shore, flipped it over, and got it the heck out
0: of there. (laughs) That's (laughs) badass. How much damage actually occurred versus just kind of losing some tools and stuff on the bottom? Um, the outboard was
1: smoked, which is at that point, this is years ago, but probably still 15 or $20,000 yeah. outboard motor. Um, the onboard, we salvaged it, but at a certain point we ended up swapping it out cause it would just never run. It was never right. The onboard yeah. that runs the central hydraulic oh, yeah. system. Yeah. Got a little um, bit of
2: moisture in there. And, mm-hmm. uh,
1: and the whole thing was very hanky after that, but we, we limped it through as long as we could. And then, um, actually ended up scrapping it. We took some good stuff off of it and kind of moved it to our next generation of barge. Um, which is what we run now.
0: Gotcha. So you guys started with docks, but now you've kind of moved into, uh, doing seawalls and stuff. What was that transition? Like, what was the learning curve on that?
1: I wasn't even really dead set on getting into the seawall thing, mm-hmm. although I thought it was awesome and I knew there was a huge need for it. We're we're a year and a half booked out right now, oh, um, dang. and we need more good guys. If anybody's listening, good guys that want to um, learn the process, the permitting and all of that. That's when we we're talking about EGLE. That's yep, getting yeah. pretty extensive. Yeah, yep. um,
4: Jeff's got his hands full.
0: Dude, I'm yeah. trying to dig a pond right now and trying to get a hold of the guy is just yeah. unreal. I know like, dude. There, there's uh, only one
4: for the state. It's Jeff.
0: I, I think there's two oh, down. Je- yeah. He, he, yeah. Brought, he brought a I second do Jeff one. I with a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He brought a second one with him when he came out and took a look at our pond. So there's two uh, floating around We're now. done with the COVID mm-hmm. money. We're yeah, back. That's right. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: We've met with Jeff a few times. We've, we have, uh, there's a certain amount of human aspect involved in the the permitting. Um, yes, there it is difficult and they're making it more difficult every day um, when we have, 40 or 50 permits in the queue, and they decide they're going to change something to a little bit different toe stone, or, or a
2: <laughs> way through. You're like, Are you kidding me? And then we have to yeah, go, go through every, every single one. Gosh. Um, but
1: they, they have been pretty fair with us. Um, but yeah, we've had to meet Jeff quite a few times and actually just show him, Hey, here's why we can't do what you're looking for. And mm-hmm. he's been a pretty, um, fair guy with right us down. thus far
2: well it's good as long as you show the initiative that you're trying to do the best you can to their standards you yep. know but there's
1: I, a i think that's exactly what they're looking yeah. for because you do have your guys out there that um they think the path to victory is to try to keep cutting corners try yeah. to keep cutting right. corners and oh, that, that starts the last summer i was there
2: on, on the lake i live by something there like there's a lot of lumber going down to that front of their yard all of a sudden i go over there and i'm talking to the kid is just one dude by himself yep. putting six by sixes together went out like four feet into the water. <laughs> I'm like, dude, yeah. you can't add land. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. There's no silt fencers or no nothing. Yep. Then he's bringing wheelbarrows of dirt down for like two weeks straight, puts yep. it in there. It's all just seeping into the water. I'm like, God, dude, you're lucky. Yeah, no, we see it out. all the
1: time. Yeah. <laughs> we, um, we do the turbidity curtain and all that. And yeah. like I said, we make a really hard effort to, to really do everything we can in reality. Um, Sometimes you can't keep everything so clerical Sure. Yeah. like uh, they would like practical. you to do on paper. But yeah. a lot of times, too, what they want us to do would actually cause more impact. Um, wh- I mean, without going into details, some of this stuff is a little over-engineered or wordsmith to where you're like, we're going to disturb all this here to make sure that um, we're this following X, over Y, over and Z, okay. right. Yeah. 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 So we use no common sense. sense. Yeah.
4: yeah. Now, what I, was it like when you were learning... To run in your retaining walls and you're making all this chaos and you haven't done any of the experience.
1: That was tough. So, actually, to go back to um, how did we get into it?
4: Yeah, Yeah, with the seawalls. Yeah, and
1: and this doubles on your question here. Um, We didn't want to. I was doing, uh, at that point, I was very happy staying in our lane. Docks and hoist, And then at this point we're starting to get into um, permanent docks too. Mm-hmm. So we're at a Marina and we're doing quite an extensive permanent dock system. And the seawall guy that, um, one of the guys at that point that I referred, the one that the customer chose, um, didn't follow through. So uh, no, no good deed goes unpunished. Right. I yep. got the phone call. Hey, um, what are we going to do to figure this out? I got to open my marina here soon. Your docks are in, but my seawall is not so you getting finished by up. default. We stopped in. <laughs> and uh, at that point, I'm going to be honest. I'm like, why, why am I doing this? Although I was very happy to help this individual out and I'm very happy to just get the job done for people. Yeah. But I kept opening more cans of worms, but we got it finished up for him. By that point I had all the equipment I needed and learned enough to at least be dangerous.
0: Yep. And that's when we, stepped right into that feet field, yeah. So, how did you go about learning the process of actually doing that? And so, I've I've gotten online and horse around, just kind of looking at what it would take to. That's not an easy undertaking. There's a lot involved in installing a seawall. How did you? Did you guys go teach yourself the process? Did you partner up with one of these kind of supply companies and they give you a little training? What was the process to actually learn that? Um, a lot of Um, trial and error. Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: we had a lot of the principles down from driving pile to do permanent docs at this point. So Mm -hmm. we knew what would hold up and where you could put certain types of materials that will work.
2: Yeah. And, and last where they won't. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, mostly trial and error. I mean, we did our, you know, Google, YouTube, all that stuff, but there's still not a whole heck of a lot out there. Um, the southern guys, Florida, um, oh, they Louisiana, they got it down yeah, pretty good. Go yeah. Still a little bit different game. It, again, we're adapting it to very small lakes here, and we can't put in some um, super heavy gauge Z panel here, nor, nor would people even want, want to that, pay yeah. that yeah, yeah, or need it. So we had to figure out kind of where to stop it back to, and it was just kind of trial and error from there.
0: Yeah. yeah. So one of the big things that we're struggling with, on dry land is the labor shortage. What's that like in your neck of the woods? Because you guys are, you know, for anyone not familiar, for you know, we cover a variety of trades on this podcast. And so for for listeners not familiar, doing seawall is, you're now adding water into the mix. You're adding a whole host of regulatory uh, oversight into the mix. Like it is, mm-hmm. an, it is its own animal and it is a true specialty type thing. So what's it like for you trying to find individuals who know anything about that section of the industry? It's getting
1: more difficult every day. Um, the being in the water, which is a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. The guys have been in the water for a couple of weeks. Um, the wetsuits that we wear. I mean, you can wear waders, but at a certain point, I guess when we're talking about the seawalls you're getting, inner the inner getting index, baby. Wet. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
4: gotta, you gotta be able to swim on the resume, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which we've had people that have been hired that, can't They're swim, like, or what? they or they have an ankle. You know, monitor. What do you call? Those? Oh, oh, nice. I can't yes. get it wet. They're you can't. On house be here. Yeah, they are like I will just work on shore. I'm like no. I'm done need that need
3: water.
2: <laughs> Pass me that wrench.
1: <laughs> um, no, it's difficult. What what I see in our industry is, uh, I, and I guess this would be more specifically to the guys that are installing and removing all the dock systems that we mm-hmm. sell, that are fully getting in up to their neck and have been for two weeks in. 35, 42 degrees, whatever we've been at. Um, If they can make it through until kind of after Memorial Day, when it warms up, they stay. And they stay for a while. And we have um, probably 15 people in our off-season, 20 plus when we're busy. Um, And the ones that stay, those ones that stay for the off-season are the ones that pushed their body a little further than they thought they could. Then after that, they're good. Yeah. You know, they, they know the limit. Yep. Now, they're professional now what do you got to do to generally. push
4: your body in your industry?
1: Um, just dealing with that cold. Like I think two days ago, three days ago we were getting snow and everybody is like, are you fucking kidding me? Saturday, we got to go into the water. In the inch, by the way. Are we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those days suck. And now that I'm not getting in the water with everybody and I have them for a while, that's a whole nother dynamic because I hurt for them too. But I'm like, we're just let's, let's do this. I would carry that burden for you if I could, but I need to be here. Yeah. and I need to make sure that I'm making your job as easy as yep. I can yeah. out there. Um, which the good ones understand they do.
0: The ones that are still learning are yeah. like, the heck is this guy doing here? So with how cold it is around here, are you guys getting into dry suit territory or is it all wetsuit? No dry suits. We've tried them before.
1: They're <laughs> one, they're very expensive. Yep. Um, and I would gladly buy them for the guys if they would hold up, but they're in it. I mean, when you're installing the docks, the barges don't do anything. They, I mean, mm-hmm. they are there to hold your tools and to kind of float whatever you need next to it. Yeah. But the docks are right up to your neck in the water. Yeah. And the wetsuits, they—I'm I'm sure you guys know how they work, but just that initial yeah, really feel oh, that initial feel is oh, it's terrible, woo.
0: it's terrible. And then after that, I would say they it's like pretty your much your blood pressure checked, but your whole body. Just, yeah. Well, it's not even that. You—you you want to explain how a dry, uh, wetsuit works? Yeah. So you got to—you've got to get the water in it. So when when these guys are
1: stepping into the water at eight 9 o'clock by the time they get suited up into the water. A
0: little bit of shrinkage going on there. Your balls are all the (laughs) way up inside.
1: (laughs) And I think that goes back to your question earlier when you were asking, how do you figure out how to push your body back past that point? If, if you can just, um, get your mind to go, it's going to be okay. The panic and the terrible feeling, Will go away, and your body does warm the water up inside that suit after mm. a few minutes. You just it's got pee cold, in it. You save your pee right? yeah. until you get <laughs> in the water and you do an
0: instant pee. It does help. So I scuba dive. I'm I'm well versed in this, and huh? yeah, you just got to pee the one time, and then I you don't warm I don't right see you right scuba, you scuba like diving in, in 35
4: degree weather. Oh, yeah. I see you going tropical.
0: Yes, I much prefer the tropical. Now I've done I've done a, a commercial dive or two in some rather chilly weather. That I had the full I had the full gear on, like the head protector, the gloves, and everything. And it was I don't even remember what mil we were wearing, but it was fucking probably cold. seven you, mil or eight mil. It was yeah. I want to yeah. say it was I want to say it was eight mil. Yeah. And you get down there and it's like, well, doesn't that shit suck me like wrap?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it just puts enough water between your body and the suit that it kinda I don't want to say it j- just barely keeps you alive, but it's pretty close to that. It's, it's not like enjoyable. Yeah, it creates <laughs> an
0: insulating layer of warm water up against your body. And and so you're not warm, but you're not freezing your balls off. Mm-hmm. So it is a very uncomfortable or your because kid. it also I mean, as we all know, wet it can't suits be accentuate here. your curves. <laughs> And oh, so yeah, they it, are very flattering very, on the body. Very <laughs> sexy walking around <laughs> in a wetsuit. Mm-hmm. So
4: do you typically stick in the water, like you don't get out for lunch, nothing because you don't want to get cold, or just like you're in there for 8, 10 hours straight? How does this work?
1: Um, we're starting to get it figured out schedule-wise now, where it is not so brutal, where it's 10, 12-hour days every day. Um, we, we've backed out of the... Uh, very heavy installation, removal, annual installation, removal. I guess would be the term. People that um, have bought their equipment somewhere else, their their newly purchased Docker lift. If you don't buy it from us, we're not going to service it for you. And it's it's not to be dickheads. It is that
2: you we don't have the right we, tools or just exactly.
1: Yeah. And and we offer you the warranty, whatever the manufacturer that we sell offers for a warranty. We back that up with our service warranty. It, it's all stemmed from me seeing th- that this is a little bit of a gold rush industry in the fact that, um, you can sell, a, you know, a good boat dock and lift, lift system is 40 or 50 grand. I mean, wow. if you really need to do quite a spread. Yeah. So you get these guys that are coming in and selling it, and then you never hear from them again.
4: Yeah. So we've kind
1: of had to let people learn the lesson by, um, just telling them no. If you what from what somebody kind of else. problems
4: do you run into when you get a different manufacturer and you're, when you were first called before you shied away, like what kind of issues were you running into?
1: Um, one, that manufacturer usually doesn't want to work with us because we haven't been selling all their product yep. and yeah. they either want you to like, come over this way. I know you've been working with these guys, but we want you to because they're dealing with the same stuff we are. They, they yeah. need people to work for them and install their stuff. Sure. Um, or we just, there's really not very many manuals and a really good, solid, um, it's not like going to AutoZone where there's an exploded image of how everything should be. Yep. Yeah. A lot of it's like, Kind of trade secrets or a
0: little bit of field engineering. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah, just
1: knowing how it works and going. Okay, this is what we need to do. Yeah. So it caused a lot of problems. It goes back to that no good deed unpunished thing. Sure. You go to help somebody out, <laughs> right. and then you, you can't, end up getting fucked.
3: Yeah, and then yeah. their
1: boat's coming. These people,
2: um, they're everything's planned around. This your is their summer,
1: so yeah. I think it's very important to know. This, for me, this was such a weird industry to get into because it's all playtime stuff. Yeah, and um, especially with what we've had going on in the last couple of years with COVID and all that, where summer has been cut short and their boats aren't getting delivered on time. If you screw with that, you are going to be not their biggest fan. Yes, correct. So, so then you're working with something that isn't a product that you sold and you can get parts overnighted and everything else. Yep. And you end up being the bad guy. Yeah. So yeah, we just kind of, that
4: sounds like a complete to, nightmare. Right. Yeah. Now, when does, when does your typical rush start for the season? When does the phone blow up and installs? Got to start happening before obviously they're ready to start putting their boats in May, right? April, May. Yep. When's your season really kick off to get going? Like, are you out there riding the ice around? Pounding in? Yeah.
1: Yep. We're So the seawalls and the permanent docks go right through the winter. The ice in a lot of cases um, helps us.
0: Really? Yep. Oh, I guess it gives a, you better a access. Yep. Yeah, and exactly. Well, yeah. well how does it
4: help you?
1: We, we put a smaller excavator out there, like a 304. If we were in super deep water, I probably wouldn't do it, but in most cases, you're gonna go up to the tracks if you did fall through, and okay. we've never even had an issue. Yeah. You know, knock on wood. Um,
0: <laughs> but uh, you know, tomorrow, yeah, right. <laughs> you're gonna lose something. Yeah, that's well, how it always goes. Call us. We're not <laughs> responsible. You said it. I'm not <laughs> <you're free> diving <laughs> off the, off the bucket yet. <laughs> he'll, he'll
1: come along
5: that
3: bitch over.
1: <laughs> um, but the sale, the the new dock and lift equipment sales go right through the winter. So I have. Myself, I don't do as many sales as I used to, but I'll catch overflow. So will my brother, uh, Andrew, that works for us. is He's been in the the industry for, uh, I think he's in his um, late 30s, and he's been doing this since he's been a little guy with his dad. Oh, wow. So he's very knowledgeable. And um, so he'll keep selling right through the winter. And with, with all the material shortages and everything, Last year and especially this year, it really doesn't stop. So the seawalls keep going, the permanent docks keep going, and then the new product sales, all the site visits, and let's go dial this in and drill holes in the ice and measure everything up and get you in the queue now so you actually have what you need. Yep, they don't stop anymore. Yeah, Yeah. it's twelve months year round. Interesting. Amazing. Now, when you're out there
4: drilling through the ice, what are you measuring for exactly? What are what you're estimating? Like speculating what's going to happen here for the season when you're taking inventory?
1: So. Water depth for one, um, bottom conditions are the biggest thing. For most people on the lake, they just look at the top of their dock and that's it, you know, and yep. their boat, a, they don't understand sometimes that there's six foot of muck here. Yeah. So we're going to have to maybe do a floating dock system or your lift's going to need 12 foot deep water legs, or we're going to have wow. to do big pads on the bottom. So water depth for one, but bottom conditions, right. uh, mostly, and just getting them out to the proper water draft. So, um, a lot of these people and the boats are getting bigger and bigger. Oh God. Yeah. And Those they wake don't boat, you know, wake surfing boats and oh, you, stuff. Oh, you yeah. can't oh yeah. pull them into Two feet of water and yeah. that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we deal with that a lot. Yeah. So we're trying to slow them down a little bit and say, cause we're, we're kind of the stepchild to the boating industry. Our, our dock and lift thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've I spent a hundred thousand dollars on the boat, get out here and get me a lift and whatever I need. And, yeah. and it's yeah. like, can you just give me a price? Give it to me right now. Let me know. I'm like, we got to check it out because I'm going to be, your worst enemy when I come out there it with what work. you think you need and it doesn't work. So, so
0: what's your problem? So there's two questions, actually. One of the things I had is you, you mentioned you had pads on the, on the bottom for some of the docks. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Are you guys pouring those in place underwater or are those kind of a plates. pre pre-manufactured? Plates, yeah. Okay. Well, well Mr. Doc oh, master. Sorry. I'll shut up. I'll let him explain. <laughs> He's from Texas. Yeah. All right. hey, we got docks down there. I'm just curious how you guys do it up here. Geez. And and we have an audience, you know, that doesn't know this industry too. I don't know this industry That's right. There you go. (laughs) So how do you, what are, what are you guys using for foundations? It's
1: a, basically it's the aluminum pad size of the foot. So most of this equipment, dock and lift equipment that we're referring to right now, is all aluminum removable type stuff. Okay. Um, But if it's, if it's mucky enough, then we actually have to do some type of a marine plywood underneath the feet because believe it or not, if you did let, let's say we measured things on the, the bottom poked around it's soft you need a big plate and we welded or had made a huge aluminum pad to get that thing out um it'll rip the pads right off no shit yeah so a lot wow, of times really? the wood presses itself down and it does make not a concrete pad but similar to what you're talking about it just makes and you kind of spread the ground pressure piece, out yeah, yeah down in the bottom and then it's there year after year then we lift the boat lift up off it, set it on shore, So and we just, just go back out to that same place. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. So the other question I had was, what's your kind of process? And obviously, we don't need you to give away any secret sauce, sure. but what's your kind of process for going out and testing bottom conditions? Like, are you out there in a rowboat just poking around, or what's that look like? Yeah, we've,
1: we've tried it quite a few different ways. Um, the best, uh, most of these customers have an existing dock system. Rarely do we experience somebody that doesn't have anything, Mm -hmm. so we walk out there and poke around. Um, If it's wintertime, we go out on the ice, we auger a hole down, and we can poke around, figure out where they need to be water draft-wise to fit whatever type of a boat on whatever type of a lift they need. Okay. Um, When we're in that interim period uh, where there's not really a point to get a boat out there or there's not enough ice to, or sorry, if they don't have their dock, existing dock in... Or you can't walk on the ice. Um, that's when we will usually go by whatever neighbors' conditions are, because we, we've worked with hundreds of people on these lakes. I mean, we I think we have like four thousand customers in our system, I mostly from Livingston, point, you had a good Oakland. Feel County. For it before you even go to the lake, and that's been a really cool aspect of all this. Yeah. As we're digging the into historical it, data, is just oh my yeah. gosh. And then keeping track of it when we started, you know, it was the cell phone on the hip a notepad, yeah. trying to write stuff down. I remember taking pictures with a, you know, like a Kodak camera, then <laughs> going and printing the, z- 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 going to Walmart yeah. Yeah. and get, getting the old uh, <laughs> picture printed out and like, okay, cool. Which one's this one? How are we keeping track of it? Now it's so streamlined. Everything goes in our accounting system. There's a notes portion where you can have everything that worked for that customer. Then somebody calls from next door and you can go, here it is right here. Wow. And that helps a lot with the confidence I of people imagine, buying from us too. Because yeah, yeah. one big thing on the lake community, and I think this is just Everybody human talks. nature. Yeah. Yep, your reputation is going to get really good if you're doing a good job really fast or really bad. Absolutely. And as long as those neighbors are going, hey, these guys took care of me, even we maybe did have some problems, but they came back out, yep. dialed things in. Yeah, That's been pretty much, I would say, our... Um, method to success. I mean, amongst other things, but it's just doing business with virtue and following through with what we say, That's answering awesome. the phone, even if they're pissed off, which happens a lot. You come out there, you talk to them, you figure out what you're going to do. And then you do what you say. Yeah. I have to
2: say hearing you, you got say the real that housewives of uh, whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah.
0: but hearing you say that as a guy in the trades, I, that is, that is one of my beefs with a lot of guys in the trades is, integrity like that's what's lacking for a lot of these guys Mm -hmm. there's no integrity it is go make a quick buck get the job done make the biggest margin possible and get the fuck out of there and if they have problems well sorry you Mm -hmm. know it's not my problem anymore Mm -hmm. and and one of the things i learned in equipment sales was even what you just said even if someone's pissed off If you answer the phone, just the fact that you answered your phone Mm -hmm. immediately diffuses the situation and takes it down three notches. And then listening and being willing to work with them, a lot of times they'll meet you halfway. Mm -hmm. They don't want you to eat the whole bill. Mm -hmm. They just want someone to work Mm -hmm.
1: with them. Uh, Because there's so much gray area. You're absolutely right. Usually it starts out that it's all your fault, everything that happened. Yep. Here's another thing on the lake. I'm just going to point out the obvious, a lot of boozing and it's yep. a blast. I, and I love boozing myself, but um, a lot of those calls are after um, a lot of people were out and there's been some beers and stuff. And then by the time you get out there, you know, after you talk to them on the phone and you look at it, oh, you shit, go, we figured it let's out. Let's just, yeah, let's just look. And, and just like you said, we'll both, we'll meet in the middle. Yeah. Um, I can, I can do some cost parts and we're going to work on this together, but Let's um, let's just call it like it is. This is not a manufacturer issue. Most are not manufacturer issues that right. I
0: see. By the way, Tur- turns out someone came in a little hot on the boat. Uh-huh. and Reverse was a actually bit. A forward, and we yeah. just went straight to the <laughs> <up> lift.
3: <laughs> so
4: these docks that you're setting out there for the customers, are you guys erecting them on shore before you're floating them across the water, That's or you're building what she them in said. their yard, or
1: <laughs> um. Uh, um A little bit of both, but most of it is brought in, in a bunch of parts and pieces. So if you saw a boat lift before it was actually constructed, it, it, uh, resembles nothing like once it's actually put together, um, like a giant erector set. It is. Yep. Um, and then for lake access, it's, it's tough sometimes to be able to get these lifts that are assembled between houses, um, or even to get it to the launch and barge it across sometimes is a pain in the ass. So we'll, uh, Mostly bring it in, bundled up. So, we have our parts guy in the yard, two of them, actually, that have been installers for years for me before they moved to this portion, which they appreciate very much not having to get in the water right now. Yeah. But they're also, thank you, their, their knowledge is Scott Scotch refill for the audience solid. there. Yeah. <laughs> um, their knowledge is so solid because they've been the guys that are out there in the nasty, cold, snowy bullshit with missing parts. So they're going to make sure that everything is there for these other guys. So yeah. that's kind of our progression as we move them. If you can make it through the cold weather, and and be there kind of after Memorial Day, that's yep. when I see guys go, okay, I did this. I can keep pushing myself. Oh yeah. Then they, then we get another year or two out of them. Then they move to a position like um, the the parts department or service. That's another thing that we do. Uh, that nobody else is really doing in the industry right now. I've seen a couple others, but we actually have a guy that is designated to servicing this stuff. So greasing really? and preventative maintenance, um, warranty stuff. Like So when we do get those calls where I think something's wrong with my lift, we, we would have to send a crew of four guys out there when they were on the lake because these guys work in... A three to four man crew, yeah, and it costs a ton of money. And most of the time, it's like we don't really know what to tell you. Maybe change this or that, but we got to move on to the next one. Yeah. Um, now we have somebody that is just strictly designated for that. Um, it's kind of one of those things you think you w- you would have seen, like a furnace guy. They have the like the furnace heating and cooling companies have yeah, their guys have the that come guys. up mm-hmm.
0: and instead of having installers
2: do it when they don't know the
0: exactly. But, it, but yeah. at the same time, I can see how the industry hadn't really thought of that because you don't really think of a boat lift as being in the same vein as a furnace or some sort of mm-hmm. thing that you need a service for. But there's mm-hmm. a lot
2: of moving parts. To yeah. Things.
0: But that, now mm-hmm. that you're talking about that, I go, well, duh, what a great business model mm-hmm. there. And well, when, when you're summer, if, when your
1: summer uh, gets cut short or you have to wait two or three weeks or a month sometimes, especially the way parts are right now, um, one, preventative maintenance is huge because you're staying ahead of it, and two, to have a company that knows what they're selling and has all those parts stocked and ready to go is uh, very important because, I mean, well, how long is summer in Michigan? A couple, three months maybe yeah, of good yeah, exactly. boating yeah, yeah, it. It's a yeah. yeah. You guys
2: even get to enjoy the summer, so
1: no not really not really the the guys do have a really good time one it's the lake You're like so a bow got... in
2: the gun shop you know the guys said they're like i used to love freaking uh, hunting until i started working <laughs> here now it. i can't because you guys are all hunting breaking shit
1: yeah that, that's exactly why we used to have that place on the lake that i was telling you guys about and that's why we sold it was because one we didn't get to use it very much and two um We, we do love what we do, but the water gets very taxing when you're on it every single day, day in and day out. So, um, most of our fun is whatever we've been able to do in the winter, ice fishing and stuff, or, um, hunting season is huge because we finally got past the, um, hard push of fall removals and now we can do a little bit of hunting and most, yeah, most everybody is more dry landers that work for us. But you've got beautiful tans.
4: <laughs> yeah, what's the hard on? What's the hard on for? Right. What <laughs> what's the hard on for everybody having a uh, boat ho- hoist? They act like these fuckers are going to sink sitting there. Why do they want to well, hoist them out of the water? They keep. Oh, gotcha. Clean, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, uh, one of the one of the biggest things is covering it uh, to be able to. Not have to moor your boat off or tie it off on the dock and then put that top on, um, that cover that you have to snap all the way around is a huge time saver. So if everybody left
2: on the lake all day yeah, drinking, <laughs> you got thirty people on the boat. Yep. And then you have one person when you get done you're like
0: shit dude that is the, the worst clean job up too your boat you and gotta everybody's gone and you got to put cover that cover on, back on, on cover are yeah. the worst you got to have too. a fucking
2: degree to get those things yes, on you sometimes do. you got to mm-hmm. be
4: strong and just
2: stretch that uh, fuck out. not strong you just, you just need to you know you first, have you, to have you an put instruction on sideways. Manual. you put on backwards you put on upside down you know, it's it's a system yeah, so if you can just drive in Push the button, lift it's, your boat up, nice. walk away. You're it's done. Nice.
4: Yep. This is Jerry's story. Why are you fucking cutting them off? Oh, that's our job. The, do you want to buy a boat lift? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? It's our podcast, damn
0: it.
1: <laughs> the, uh, the staining of the hull, too. That's another big one. Or the tubes if you're on a pontoon boat. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I would, I'm like the shoemaker whose kids don't have any shoes, though. I like just when I was on the lake, I tie it off. And I walk away from it, but you can understand why I wouldn't want to work with a boat lift and all that. Yeah, At the yeah, end of the day, yeah. I'm like, I'll just get the beater boat and yep. get a new one next year. Yeah. That's another thing. The a lot of these people are ready to trade a boat for a dock and we do a lot of that stuff. We do a lot of wheeling and dealing as far as um, yeah, we'll we will
0: trade so you that you guys in. will trade a boat. In on a and then do you to, guys turn around and sell the boat? To a certain extent, yep. And then they go and refinance for a new boat. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> yep. nice you if I know. have
1: a way to connect them. So when I'm going back to that database well, of you're a gosh darn broker. people that we have. Yeah. 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 I always have somebody that's like, if if you can just move this boat for me, uh we're moving off the lake or we're getting something different. Um, I would be very greatly appreciated. Plus, we need another boat lift because it's going to be a bigger boat, and so we just kind of
2: wheel and deal. I'm going back to this. Have you guys turned into like boat repos yet? No, Ooh. that would be cool. Oh, dock yeah. repo? Fuck
0: yeah, with your barge <laughs> going there, cool. and fork into that. <laughs> <laughs> Dog the bounty Hunter boat edition. Now, I've got to say this, and this is going to sound a little insulting, but I insult everyone in the sure. trades. Hit me. We're all. Dumb tradesman. You're a dumb tradesman Mm -hmm. to the white collar world. Yeah. Yet you're sitting here and you're talking about starting a service industry on the hoist side. You're starting to wheel and deal in the boat world so that you can make some of the That the
4: white collar people struggle. It blows my mind how
0: fucking intelligent the blue collar world is. The guys you said earlier. You did not complete high school?
1: No. Um, two months of ninth grade. So I actually have an eighth grade oh, education. Yeah, right. Yeah. And there's a lot, I'm not going to lie, there is a lot that I didn't learn. And um, I see that stuff sometimes when I'm like, oh, shoot, I should know how to do this. Or geographically, I should know that this is a territory of the United States or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I'm learning as I go. The internet <laughs> has been a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they need us blue collar dirt bags. They do. I, and- that's a beautiful thing. Is yeah. we're
0: just so dumb, but at the same time, like but we're not no fucking to dumb. It blows my mind. Without us, the, yep. the entrepreneurship, the ingenuity of guys in the trades, and you don't you you. So do you have a GED even?
1: I actually did go get my GED. My um, mother really wanted me to do that for her.
2: And is um, that like church did, group she was kinda getting, you
1: know yeah. Yeah. it was yeah. for her yeah. than it was yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 um they her, my mom and my dad were <laughs> very um very supportive of um quitting school. My mom did want me to go get that ged which I did get, and I have it uh thumbtacked on my wall behind my desk. It's amazing. Yeah. And and if you ever yeah.
0: had to present that anywhere.
1: I don't know what they would even say with a GED. Can you get a job with a GED? I, I'm sure I, I don't you even can. know if I'm employable be, by an my, actual my employer big thing anymore. Is with, with, a,
0: with a high school diploma or with a college diploma, it doesn't matter what level of education. No. I, so I have I have a bachelor's degree. I can tell you I have not one single time ever had to present evidence of that. I put it mm-hmm. down on applications. They don't no check. one's ever asked to see that. And mm-hmm. so I'm curious have you ever had to present your GED? No. No, I've never had a job
1: other than working for myself. I mean, some family members and stuff here and there, but I started so young. At 15, we could drive the lawnmowers from our farm across when they were building all these subdivisions everywhere. We'd never have to, probably not supposed to go down the road with a lawnmower, but it was close enough you just to where we put the wherever. triangle on it. You can go anywhere. Yeah, farm log, right, farm log, we're good to go. You got the ag exemption, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I never have, but. Um, I think the world has changed a lot. Well, obviously it's changed a lot. But when I was in school, uh, before I quit, even in middle school years, everybody was like, where are you going to college? Yeah. What are you doing? Yep. You've got you've to do this. And I never once had any dreams or aspirations of going to go into college. Yeah. Did not like school very much. Um, had a hard time with uh, teachers. and um, mo- I think more of that just having to be... Locked in a place all day, every day that I didn't want to be made me a little anxious. So when when I got the chance to skate and do my thing, I did. I don't know if it's, you know, it could have went either way.
2: Now, do you ever run into like the principals, you know, because you're still working in the area. You went to school, right? Yeah. So do you get like to teachers and stuff like run into, you know, when you're putting in their boat systems They're like, oh shit, we never thought you were going to make anything of yourself. And you're like, yeah, Yeah. I own this company. A couple times. That's awesome.
1: It is is a good feeling too. And everybody's
2: been very supportive of it.
1: That's awesome. Um, The... uh, one of the local um, judges around here that knows me and my family and nobody's ever gotten in <laughs> terrible trouble, but he always get, he always gives me that look like, you're doing all right. Like right. I'm sure that's it could awesome. have been a flip of a you, coin there for yeah, a minute. You yeah, you that
0: I'm proud of you look. Yep, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. And
1: plus we're, we're putting in the stuff for him, his boat dock and boat lift because all these guys live on the water, yeah. all the professionals. They, don't, so he's they like, just don't give awesome. enough
4: credit for the blue collar people in this construction industry. We're so looked down on for everything that we do. And we're probably some of the smartest fucking people Mm. out there with out of education. You walk out to a job site, you figure out how to do it. You put the puzzle together and then you make some money on it. Mm. And they're like, how'd you come up with it? You're like, I just fucking did it. Just go out and do Do it." it. it. There's no book. There's no nothing. Like you said, social media and YouTube and everything's starting to change the industry now. And it helps us get to where we want. But it just amazes me that these people that make all this money with all these degrees
0: a change a fucking like light mm-hmm. bulb. So, so that's an interesting. Oh, I just made what
2: seven hundred dollars in like four hours changing light bulbs in a in a, awesome. in a condo community. Literally yeah. it took me three minutes a bulb. No awesome. shit. And I, I felt bad, but I'm, I'm like, wait, hold on. No. I don't no,
4: feel no, bad at, at all. all. Right?
0: Absolutely. I'm not. the one the ladder. I'm the one who went up fifteen feet. And I hate yeah. heights. Uh-huh. See, if, they're,
4: if they're dumb enough to call to not change a light bulb, that's shame on yeah. them. Yep.
0: Uh-huh. So, so my wife was a school teacher uh, up until we had kids, and one of the things that that was blaringly apparent is, you know, and it's from our generation even was the standardized testing. But now it's getting to the point where they're talking about and they may have implemented it already. But when when she quit teaching seven years ago or whatever, they were talking about implementing standardized testing for even kindergartners. It's horrible. And so what's happened is you've got all of these kids that have spent their entire career in the education system learning how to take a test learning how to read something and make a decision based off of what they've read. But as far as critical thinking goes, they have no idea how to go out and think independently. Mm -hmm. And so it's really interesting because consistently through the trades, you see these guys that come out and tradesmen are the ones that are able to go out there. They're able to plow their own road. They're able to go make their own way, but it's the white collar guys that are totally lost and have no idea how to do things because they don't know how to critically think. They were yep. never taught that skill. Mm-hmm. They're book smart, man. They're book smart. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the reason the blue collar world, you do see that kind of ingenuity is because we are the critical thinkers. We're the guys that really got frustrated being in that box that school tried to put us in. Mm-hmm. And we're the ones that were like, fuck this. This is I, I'm critically thinking that I don't want to fucking be here yeah. right now. And I can yeah. be doing a hundred other different things that are more important. Mm hmm. And so just your story really sticks out to me. Like you haven't graduated high school. You went and got your GED, but still you're out here. Very successful, you've got your business own company man. and you're not only doing something that you saw the prototype for, and you followed in those footsteps, you're actively innovating. And that's, that's awesome. Like, that's a testament to the trades. Right I appreciate there. that, yeah. I th- I, it really was a very natural path
1: I like when the I think Bill back.
2: Bill Gates of, like, the docket. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Elon Musk. You know? Oh, oh very,
0: very, very, there you go. go. There you go. <laughs> These are all electric. <laughs> yes. right, yeah, voice, right? <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> um, it,
1: it did come very naturally. I, I, there. Yes, a lot of trial and error. Not a lot of book learning, as we've nailed down. Um, but there was and still is something inside me that sometimes to a fault says, I don't even care about the fucking money. I yeah. want to figure out how to do this yeah. and how to keep pushing forward. And really, actually, what's happened through the last you know, 15 years, maybe 14 years that we've been doing the boat, dock, and lift thing, this is the really fun part for me. Now I'm seeing, after we've kind of shined a light on the industry, as much as I hate social media, I do love it, too, because it's how our generation, and actually our
2: older are generation now. now,
1: yeah communicates. So, Mm -hmm. um, I, and it was a very awkward feeling at first to start putting, um, our image out there. And it's, it's kind of like, look at me, this is what I'm doing. But I decided one night, I remember it vividly. I'm like, if I don't show people what I'm doing, nobody's going to do it for me. So I've got to kind of step up to the plate and do it. And now we're getting a lot of the guys that were in the same exact spot that my brother and I were when we were trying to figure it out that are calling us or emailing us going, Hey, I see what you're doing. I see these pictures and videos and everything. What is this? What is that? What kind of equipment do you carry? Can you show us this? And a huge part of our time now is giving back to um, these guys, knowledge-wise, you know? And then I hope in return they buy their equipment through us, their dock and lift equipment. Some do, some don't, but we're showing them let's make this an industry. And I feel because you can't so take it on there. all yourself. No, heck yeah. no. There is such a void here. Well, you can that help we're...
2: others grow to keep good standing. You, you mm-hmm. can help each other out, you yep. know, or whatever. Yep. So,
0: so that's a perfect segue. Uh, so far we've been talking kind of about your business, how you got into the industry, but relatively recently you guys have moved into content creation. Mm-hmm. And so tell us a little about that. Tell us, first of all, how can people find you? Um, On YouTube, it's uh, Waters Edge Dock
1: and Hoist, or um, Instagram is Waters Edge MMXI, Facebook Waters Edge Dock and Hoist as well. Uh, You're going to see all the the content that we make with um, our creative guy, Brandon. Um, Again, it was a very awkward thing to start, especially with somebody pointing a camera at you and you're still trying to figure out what you're doing, but sure. <laughs> like, I want to kind of show people what's going on. But now we'd have kind of snowballed to the point where we're doing uh, a series on YouTube um, TV show. I like to call it. It is. Oh, yeah. It really yeah. is like yeah. a TV
0: show. You, but by the way, Brandon is, is here in studio and, phenomenal job like legitimately phenomenal job on all of the videography it is like watching a history channel series on on, on it's It's, it's phenomenal and so how did you guys get into that what made you decide to go that route so um brandon and i knew each other in
1: middle school and then a little bit in high school and, uh, until when, until what, what, what
2: day that, uh, did that I'm happen when think Brandon think didn't have what? That <laughs> he didn't would have, didn't been, have a locker
1: partner is what we didn't were told. Have a locker partner, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was, it was a few years after I was out of, uh, well, out of high school. I left early. a few years, um, after, um, Brandon would have been license. out of high school. Yeah. He reconnected with me and here, here, if for anybody listening, here's what I think is really important. If you're going to work with a, a social media person, they have to understand your industry and you and your values and what makes you tick. That um, was huge. I had all, I'd kind of dabbled with some other companies to start, and it was such this like clerical like we'll make this like thing this picture that has a doc and like, call me today. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't us. And it didn't take too long talking to Brandon. And I'm like, Oh, you're digging into this with yeah. me. You realize yeah. that one man, it's You've got a partner in it. A, yeah, yeah. Another uncharted territory. Yeah. And, and you know what message we want to convey. And usually he takes my scrambled thoughts and makes them so much clearer and more deliverable. And it didn't take too long after um, him kind of filtering out what comes out of my mouth wow. and my brain to go like, okay, cool. This is what we're doing. This is what I've been trying to get out, but I'm not that guy. And I do believe very much in delegation. I, The most successful people I know that I look up to very much are masters of delegation. Mm-hmm. They, I think at one point, maybe they mastered their craft, but a lot of them now maybe don't even Maybe aren't the best at actually putting their hands on their product or yeah. their service, but they know how to find people better than them.
4: Yeah. So how has YouTube and creating all this? How has it changed your volume of work, and how are people reacting to the content that you're putting out these days?
1: Um, biggest thing was when COVID started. We that was right during the start of our install season, what has been a couple of years ago now. So, um, everybody brought their phone. We can unhook our phones from our office and plug them in at the house. And it's just like, it's ringing to the office. And we spent about a week or two with it. Not, um, with the phones, not ringing and nothing actually going on. And then, um, we, Brandon and I decided to like triple down on social media. Naturally, everybody's oh, yeah. looking at their phone and then it <laughs> right? started ringing, ringing, ringing. And ever since then we have continued to ride that wave, um, it just got a lot of eyeballs on us and there's no more like, what do we do to start like place mad ads, green sheet, you know, that type of stuff. Uh, totally,
4: all in totally changed the game. How, on many, media. how many hours a week is he out film and taking care of business for you guys?
1: We do a uh, couple site visits a month. And then we also work with, uh, him on making these doc man episodes. Um, uh, my goal our goal to start was at some point we shouldn't have to pay for our marketing. We are uh, representing these products that we sell. Yeah, the manufacturers should be paying for them. Yeah. and very slowly but surely we are getting there. So That's um, awesome. now these episodes will start to be something that maybe I mean we'll we'll still put some skin in the game, but for the most part, if we're selling your product and you want us to continue to represent it, then let's do these things together. Let's
0: partnership. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's involved on the, on the content creation side. So you guys are out there working, doing business as usual. So what's that look like to your crew when you guys are out filming? Are you guys staging things or is he literally just capturing the action? How did that kind of, how did you guys morph into the content creation? Um, that's how those site visits go that I was speaking of. It's very much like I say,
1: this is a good one to stop at, or this one's a good one. And he pops out, and he's really keen on not stopping the workflow, which yeah. is huge. Yeah. Now, if we do have something that's like, hold on, we need to set up for this, um, we'll slow it down a little sure, bit, or they sure. will. But it's a lot of guys, four or five guys, almost every time out there, you can't just stop the whole process you don't yeah. do any
4: retakes of the doc and yeah stall. this isn't a stage
1: no, deal just this just, is this no this is the work the real deal yeah at, at, again at first putting myself out there like that ourselves our whole company i'm like man are people gonna realize that um or think that we our don't know what we're doing? Is gonna come and right. cancel <laughs> us yeah,
2: <laughs> right. i've had people
1: actually say that like oh, you know you do see what you're doing with that chainsaw there and everybody chirps you know mm-hmm. um you but can't, it's you can't had-
4: worry about the third squawking of what you're yeah. doing Right, you're always going to have the people nitpick and the who sayers just say yep. right? right. So you can't let that influence the way you're driving your social media and who you are. Yep.
1: Uh huh. It it had the and it did have the opposite effect. It worried the shit out of me, but more people realized, oh wow, you're real people. The problems still exist on your job. Yeah. You just figure out how to get through them. Yep. And we showed that. We just shine the light on it, and uh, it's been awesome. It's actually one of my most favorite parts of what we do now is like these episodes and showing people what we do and
0: uh yeah I don't just seem where we're going to go with it and that's that's been one of the fascinating things about the diesel and iron channel is so I started that thing not really knowing where it was going to go and then within Two months or so, I started talking with young guys on job sites, uh, and and to my wife's credit, I need to give her credit. She told me like you're a really good teacher, you need to teach. I'm like ah I, no one wants to no one wants to watch a YouTuber teach. But I started talking. Damn to, right, uh, <laughs> she was right. She was. <laughs> so I started talking to young guys on the job, and one one specifically, uh, I had a conversation with him. He's like, man, if there was just someone that had something online, I got into this industry with zero experience. I didn't have any dads or uncles or anything in the industry. I didn't know what to expect. If someone would just kind of put some content out there so I would know what to expect, that'd be super helpful. And that's kind of how. And comfortable these, to listen to it, and, you can exa- relate and yeah. engaging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's how diesel and iron was born was, was between my wife badgering me on one end. And then this kid, this conversation with this kid, it was like, okay, there, there's a demand. And so that's been really one of the fascinating things about diesel and iron is once you kind of open up the industry because everyone's super tight-lipped because we don't want insurance, you know, problems, we don't want right. people suing us. Once you open up, you find a lot of people are really fascinated by what we do in the mm-hmm. trades. Uh-huh. And, and what I'm finding too, is there are actually a ton of kids that want to get into the trades, but first of all, they're being actively pushed away from it by their, their schools and their counselors. Yep. And then the second thing is, and their they, friends, their peers and their peers. Yep. Uh-huh. absolutely. But the second thing is they literally have no idea how to get into the trades. I, I can't tell you the number of messages I get a week on diesel and iron from kids that are going what kind of certification cool. do I need to get to get into the trades? And I'm like, dude, you mm-hmm. need to go Show fill out an application of yeah. work right. and just go to a job and ask if you can work. And most likely by the afternoon, you'll be on a shovel. Bring mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. tool
2: belt, mm-hmm. bring your whatever, mm-hmm. and just keep on showing up. Cause or a that one day that one <laughs> person is. ends up in jail. That's their main guy. Right. And they need an extra hand. Mm-hmm. You'll have that position. Absolutely. It's, it's
1: very cool. What you guys are doing. Uh, if I had this resource, 20 years ago. Oh my God. It would yeah, have been be like amazing. just binging it constantly. Yeah. Um, it's uh, definitely going to help people find their way. I do see a blue collar pride thing really coming around. What kind of flight should we make for that? Yeah. Something good. <laughs> the, um, I there There is the dynamic where I think a lot of them want it. The look, you know, the Carhartts and the cool stuff, which I love all that
2: stuff. Right, B? He's got some new Carhartt swag over there from, uh, yeah. from Europe.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, nice. Like He's got a car. Oh, wow. And it's got a hot dog on it. That's over badass. in Europe,
2: Carhartt is like a, it's a, they
0: it's a staple. No like, shit. It's a
2: fashion, you so, know, yeah, you guys, not
0: just your working thing. It's your, everybody on the streets. So you guys can't, it's Brandon, it's style. right? And so Brandon, you guys can't hear him off mic, but he was saying that they absolutely love Detroit over in Europe. So go go ahead. Talk to the mic there. Oh, Steel Rick's Mike.
5: Yeah, France uh, always roots for the underdog, and Detroit's an underdog type city, you know, kind of being like a flyover city be- in between uh, New York and LA. So and they love the Detroit Lions. Detroit, yeah. <laughs> they always root for the underdog. That's just kind of part of their culture in France. No so, shit. Yeah, that's, that's Detroit. It gets a lot of love. So it's crazy to see all the Carhartt clothes over there. That's awesome. And it still represents the blue collar worker, but yeah. it's really funny how. This special, this spin-off brand of Carhartt, they're experimenting with different styles and making things look a little more stylish. And of course, the Europeans get it first, so they're all walking around yeah. looking real yeah. sharp and all these Europeans get all the cool shit yeah. first. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man, it looks really good, but I'm not gonna lie. Um, in the early years, and I would say now, I wouldn't work in those stylish clothes. So, like you want to keep those fresh. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You know, so. Absolutely. But at the same time, the, the
0: shirt you're wearing. Like yeah. that's a it's, shirt that I would wear. Yeah, that's not a work yeah. shirt.
5: That's a that's a wear it around shirt. Yeah, yeah. So s- some of their pieces aren't as rugged as like say the traditional Carhartt stuff. You know? Yeah. So just uh, that's a pretty that cool right.
1: evolution that it started with the blue collar man and, and now it's a fashion now it's a thing yeah. that is awesome oh, cool that is that's awesome. a testament to what we're talking about yeah, right Absolutely. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So
5: they've got shops in Amsterdam and Paris. When you go over there, they got they got Detroit over all their all the clothes. So it's not just Carhartt, but it's they. No right. shit. Detroit, Very cool. Yeah. Wow. We're, so we're rock stars
0: over in Europe. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I got to start walking taller. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, you know, with the social media, with YouTube especially, I do feel like we're kind of on the front end of a bit of a revolution um, and, and in all honesty, kind of going back to the micro days of dirty jobs, I think he he kind of kickstarted it a bit man,
2: dude. of where one day he's going to be on this freaking. Oh, that fricking. Well, awesome. that's,
0: a, that's a goal on this podcast is yeah. to, is to one day sit down with micro and have a conversation, a real conversation, not a PR conversation, yeah. a real legit conversation, but, but really going back to the micro dirty jobs days, I, I, I feel like he kind of kickstarted off this, this revolution of. The blue collar world's coming back as not the option for those that fail. Couldn't make it. It's absolutely. It's a legit career path, and we are just as viable as the white collar uh-huh. world. And, and in fact, in a lot of circumstances, we're better off than the white collar world. Uh-huh. So it's it's exciting, and and that's why I love. And you know, when I as soon as I was pointed in your direction at what you guys are doing content wise, I was like, man, this is awesome legit. just because yeah. it's it's yet another I guy getting that. into that's, it it's great yeah
1: it yes is not the most glorious of jobs that's for sure but um it is more and more in demand every single day
4: i would like to touch on it a little bit what is it like for you to walk around with this kind of crew and sit there and film all this and capture this and you're almost kind of making history yet you're making content what's the excitement for you And how does your brain wrap around this and how do you think?
5: Oh man. Um, You know, you got to think of the story. So that comes first, you know, beginning, middle and an end. Of course, that's what I'm always kind of thinking leading up to a job, but then you got to stay on your feet. You know, um, these guys work fast and you want to capture those key moments. So once you kind of get familiar with the work, of course, you understand the process of them putting in the dock it seems so simple, but you just want to be ready for the right moments and capturing, you know, the um, of course, because it's on video, you want to get maybe some of the more visually appealing stuff. So big pieces of docs dropping or uh, anything like that is always good to see. So all the good action moments, you just want to be there in the right place to capture the action.
0: So so another question for you real quick. Of all of the things that you could have, and I'm going to apologize for the dogs in the background. This is this is Who what you get when you out? this is what you get when you record podcasts in your house. Um, of all of the things that you could have gotten filmed, you went out of your way to pick a tradesman. What was the draw there? What what drew you to pick this instead of? a well, coffee look at this house, sexy beast or, of a man. you know like, who wouldn't want to film well, this dude all day <laughs> that's right that's right thank you well, uh, of <laughs> all the of all the cushy things you could have filmed inside in air conditioning what, what makes you go out in the elements and film these guys
5: that's where the action is really i mean um that's uh, there's a story there it's compelling and i think that and yeah, I, I do believe myself the same things that you guys were expressing before about the value of the blue collar worker, and um, just the value of being able to build something with their hands and create something yourself. Um, I think is important, and of course, you know that whole critical thinking element of that. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's a, it's an important thing to have a skill set. And at have, the end of so the day, I agree. Is what I'm saying. I'm
2: sitting in this gentleman's bathroom every day for the last you know two months. What the fuck you doing yeah, there? I'm, I'm hanging out with <laughs> them every day. I'm reading my yeah, bathroom. Like right? It's like a <laughs> fucking creep, right?
1: <laughs> it's like a good dump spot on the way home. Yeah.
3: yeah.
4: <laughs> what, kind, what kind of mishaps have you had out there on the job? So have you fell in the water, lost the camera? Tripped Ooh, over I've, the I've The
1: drone lucky. Over the water That's been, always been A little <laughs> scary yeah, yeah true Especially yeah. you keep Getting nicer and nicer stuff And I'm like It's gonna happen one day
5: It's gonna go down Have why you, been, have you been
4: Sucked into uh, Helping out on the job To give them a hand If they're short handed
5: That's really funny I'm always tempted To like uh when The guys are like Looking for something Or like maybe a tool Was set down over somewhere I'm always like I, At first for sure I was like Wanted to like Grab and help but, He like, flies his drone over And just points right to it <laughs> well, Like right, covers this right here boys. I will <laughs> Yeah. say
0: from doing the diesel and iron video stuff you you start initially and you're super conservative with all your gear and then every day you get a little ballsy and you're like oh it's all right i've done this i've done this before i'll fuck it oh i'll be all right and then you go out further and further yeah and and in the back of your mind i don't know if it's for you too but in the back of my mind i know one of these days this is gonna bite me in the ass and i'm gonna have to pay <laughs> for a new drone but this is going to be a really sick shot.
5: When it's <laughs> yeah, coming down. Oh, that's yeah. true. That's true. You get it. You But you know, this this gear that they put out, especially a Sony, is made for, it's weatherproof. You know, you're not going to go dunk it in the water, but it's weatherproof. So, you know, we're out, we're out there in the snow and out in the elements and that's that the compelling was, uh, stuff that I like to get and highlight. It was like a day. Like I remember, we didn't have snow for a while, and I was like, "Man, I really want to just get out there in the snow and get yeah. some show the, the them fighting the elements." So
0: that's know? another thing I've been super impressed with with both the Sony Put and Daxon. then uh, my drone. I've got the I've got the Mavic Air sport, too, right and I threw that slime. sucker up in a snowstorm because I was like, "This is gonna make for a sick shot," and. Handled like a champ. It comes in, it's totally covered. I got ice all over the motors and everything. Oh wow! It handled it like a champ, and I was like, "Yeah, it'll fly." And then you get a little bolder.
5: (laughs) You got bolder beyond that. Well, well,
0: it's just one of those things where, like, okay, we have now moved the bar. Now we're gonna push a little further. So, like I said, in the back of my mind, I just know I'm gonna eat. 800 bucks on a drone at one yeah. point in time and i'm gonna go fuck but <laughs> yeah uh, but it's gonna be a sick shot <laughs> yeah that's that's
5: true yeah I, I will definitely fly in flurries but man maybe not enough to get some ice accumulated that <laughs> now brandon where
2: can uh our listeners if they want to look into your your content you want to put a plug in for yourself
5: oh yeah uh com is where it's at right now and um be damon video and yeah Yes, and I'm on YouTube too, but I'm not really doing anything crazy on YouTube. What are you doing on YouTube? Oh, I'm doing some. Come on, tell us. I'm I'm doing doing some. uh, (laughs) I'm going to do some travel vlogs. All right, it's going to be fun.
2: But you also got a podcast, right? Uh, No, I don't have a podcast. What do you What do you do with your
5: review? What's a review? What uh, do I do? um no oh the like, i have a weed channel <laughs> yeah course. what's your weed channel the weed channel is not even functioning <laughs> you know no i don't it, that i mean everyone loves weed i don't even like talking about that because it's like yeah whatever i it's got some scary. numbers on a weed channel but yeah. who cares because everyone loves weeds you I'm just like, get too
4: high you forget to even hit the record button right <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's terrible so
5: yeah, and i just kind of just whatever put up stuff whenever i get a chance and it's not nah, yeah. i don't take it seriously it's just yeah it's, just it's fun and i'm yeah something it's a hobby
4: now being an outsider looking at this whole industry third person view what makes it stand out from the blue collar people to the everyday joe that's out there like with the grit and just the way they are what do you what do you see differently as you're capturing this and how you're trying to
5: showcase Whoa, whoa, holy shit! Uh, <laughs> Ask me that one more time. Mind blown. Yeah, I'm a, a little stone. <laughs> did
1: says, you just uh, do a bees, <laughs> bees podcast before this? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, a review. so
4: Brandon sitting there telling this story, third person. Uh huh. What is the difference between like the blue collar people than the rest of the world? Like when you're showcasing, what do you see differently?
5: Um. True, honest work, I guess, is that <laughs> yeah? because <laughs> um, I've had a corporate job before too, you know, and I've uh, I've, where I had an office job, it was you know, doing the video for people in an office in a mortgage shop, and um, yeah, I learned a lot of uh, um, just different it's just people, I don't know, it takes all people to make it you know work, but yeah. Uh, I don't want to talk shit about it, we, you know. It's still there in your industry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's part of my history. We uh, talk shit every day. Yeah, you can just I mean, let it fly. Come on, you know, uh, some of these corporate jobs, people just kind of expect to maybe work hard for a couple of years and then that basically sit behind a desk and maybe push some papers and some emails or whatever and, you know, it's kind of light work in my opinion and that can get old and then you're playing office politics to keep the job or whatever and so, you know, fuck that, you know? So you
1: want the adventure. You're a storyteller. That's what you yeah, showed us. Yeah. You're yeah. like. At the, before you sure. put the camera on us, we did a job. We're like, that was cool. We might talk about it when we have a beer or something afterwards. Now we have something that's an actual story. We yeah, get to watch um, it. Like, this is cool.
5: Yes. Yes, that's true. Yeah. It's been, it's been a really good process. Um, as the show evolved, you know, when we first started it, it was kind of like, we just want to capture this and see kind of see where it goes. We did have the vision of like wanting it to look like a, uh, you know, a show on um, discovery channel you sure. know, or something like that. We kind of had that vision, but it didn't start out looking like that. Mm-hmm. We had to kind of uh, polish it up and find the right jobs that would kind of look a little more exciting and then find little ways to make it look interesting and pull the story out of the day. And, you know, some of the dramatic moments can make sure I capture those comments and those, mo- those moments exactly and we play those mm-hmm. up a little bit.
0: And we- I will say this, I, I, I'm i not filleting at all. Uh, it, my first thought when I saw the, the first couple episodes was it's like a deadliest catch for Dot Guys. Like you totally nailed that. It is a discovery type yeah. show, it, so going, except yeah. it's on YouTube. You're not having to pay for cable to, to get access to this. Totally nailed that. And it
5: is awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's been a process. It's been a long time coming, but right now where the show is at right now, I'm really happy with the way it looks and everything. And just to, uh, I'm happy that, you know, not everyone wants to come out and make a reality type show. Not all business owners think that way and want to do that. So I'm really happy that Jerry, uh, has the vision and wants to do that and, and contribute to that kind of.
0: And so that's my next question Uh, of the two of you who approached who with this concept. I don't know. Okay, so I well, it, 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 it started with the
5: music video. Oh, yeah, the It was a beer and a fool? joint
0: and a conversation yeah, type yeah. deal. Yeah. yeah, you're not <laughs> going to see it. That's what it
5: was. So it was that COVID thing. Yep. And then, so Jerry, right in the middle of COVID, goes, let's make this uh, anthem for huh. the working, you know, working man, kind of, you know, the doc man. And it wasn't exactly called the doc man at the beginning. It was like, I was calling it like doc boy. Like, I don't even know. Keeps, like, that's how his I'm brain stupid. works. Things <laughs> like, things keep coming out. Cause just, I'm like, let's just make a, let's just
1: make something right now. That's kind of cool and kind of, um, shines a light on exactly what's going on. Our industry right. just got shut down. Many industries did, but we were just like walking out the door and it's like, what? We can't work. So that's what we did with that free time. And uh, that's where his brain started going, Doc Man, Doc Men, Doc Dynasty. You know, there's yeah, a bunch so of we stuff. Kicking around the, yeah, around ideas
5: for a while there. And then, I don't know, you, you had the idea to get the Hank Williams Jr. song mm-hmm. and then change the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, so we basically replayed the song. Jerry got the, the the guys to replay it in the studio. And then they came up with this anthem. And so we did the initial video for the Doc Man. When you say the guys...
0: Are you, who who's the guys that you got to replay the song? The guys. Obviously I wish it was our, um, it was all
1: of our professional, guys. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh,
0: professional instrument players. What do yeah. they call them? Um, <laughs>
1: musicians? My, musicians. My mom, my mom, My mother's Cheryl Wilson has been in the music industry
4: for a while. He's a video guy. that's alright. <laughs> I feel like that's important content.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's terrible. Terrible. You know, it's
4: wild, Jerry. In the, some of the darkest times for some of these people, you almost felt a need to kind of shine a light on something when people were struggling with COVID and when there was like an uncertainty going through the world at that time, what made you even come up with something like this?
1: I think I it was therapeutic for me. I had a ton of anxiety. It's hard being a business owner, as all you guys know. Um, I just had a lot of weight on me, and this is what came out. I know it's not the most miraculous thing ever, but... But for me to be able to go, okay, me and Brandon, my brother Garrick, the guys, we can go do something real quick, real easy, and um, it, it was very as a very good bonding, comfortable thing for everybody to go. We're still moving forward, doing something, and then from there it kind of just snowballed. That's when the actual Doc Man series started, and right. all of that.
5: Yeah, we we uh, took clips from that video and used it for the introduction. And, you know, put together this nice package with a, a, you know, nice little introduction and then the install video right after it. Um, and then whatever kind of uh, mishaps or bumps in the road or positive things happen. And we just kind of capture them as they go on the job site. And yeah, it's been evolving since then. It's oh yeah, man. Crazy. Now
4: how much yeah. does this really changed your industry? Obviously you're making new waves in this realm now, but how do you feel this has impacted water's edge? Like, just being so authentic and walking around now, how does this series and YouTube and everything, how do you feel as a business owner that it's really changed?
1: It's had a very positive, um, it's been a very positive experience in the sense that we're a very small close knit community. So it does not take very much to make ripples. And it's a very old school sense of thinking. There wasn't a lot of marketing and especially not marketing this way where yeah, right. there's a guy with a bandana on drinking a bush light on a barge like <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, I think this will work and it did. Um I think it really it shined a light on what we're doing and then also made us feel uh, look like very real people which we are. Um, organic. Organic, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're not faking it. We're definitely not. This is what we do. Um, I sometimes I'm like, man, I wish we could do this. It's like, no, just be real. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe we're the first ones that I have seen. Maybe somebody else is out there who's actually put like an artistic, artistic swing on this and had a little pride in what they do in this very small, close knit um, industry.
4: That is exciting to see. Yeah. Now, where do you, where do you think you're going to see down the road with, like, these docks and hoists going? Obviously, you've been in the industry enough now where you've seen the way they create these things over time are slowly starting to change with the docks and hoists. What are we to see next? Are they going to just have self-driving hoists out there? One day you'll be slapping motorized <laughs> wheels on and they actually have up those, the battery. Yeah. Like, where yeah. do you see the industry going, though? Yeah, down
1: that was, the like, road? 10 years ago,
2: bro. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um where is it going? Let me see. I would I would say what is starting to happen is um every um manufacturer in the industry, every one of these um brands are going to start getting a little closer with their dealers, which is what I wanted. Um no, I don't want to breed more competition, but I wanted to um start to connect that manufacturer and dealer relationship and for them to realize these guys with their boots on the ground that are dealing with the customer and busting their knuckles and working hard this is who we want to market to and then let those people market to their customers let these guys market to their customers so hopefully that cord is starting to connect and i have seen a little bit of it but i think ultimately that's where it's going to go
0: so going back to um, the content creation and what you and what you guys are doing from a video standpoint, how has that impacted your day to day on the business? Um, N- not so much from like when he's out filming on the job, but what kind of feedback have you been getting from from people on social media, or has that resulted in more work? Has it resulted in finding more people as from an employment yeah, standpoint? I was say, does it help with uh, yeah. bringing?
2: workers to yeah, you guys. What, like, I what impact does that, that really have?
0: Huge with employment.
1: Definitely. Really? Yep. That's what they're, they're seeing the, the best side of us. Yes, they do actually see the good and the bad of it. But um, again, going back to that's how uh, everybody communicates now, yep. especially the younger generation. Yeah. Um, it's gotten so many manufacturers reaching out to us, which I'm very proud to say we have stuck with our, couple that we work with yeah. um they've been here for us and continue to want to keep leaning into what we're doing and I now, am, has
2: it made them better
1: it, oh yeah i, you know what I, I mean like I,
2: they can plan ahead have things ready for you instead of just being like oh shit we got to wait around you know
1: i um i do believe that yeah the 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 manufacturers that we work with have seen at first maybe it was a little bit goofy like what are these guys doing? They just made a music video, or I hate to call it a music video, but that's pretty much what it was. And, uh, oh man, now it's picking up some steam and we kind of want to lean into this. It took a little bit, but um, that was one of the bigger things. Employment, yes, it has been huge. It definitely speaks to the working force of people. Instead of just uh, an add-on Indeed or any of these, which I'm not knocking them at all. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's very important. They see a very organic thing come across their um, an organic video, I hate the word thing or, um, picture come across their newsfeed that are people that are working with their hands with, the, with, you know, their partners in the field and they reach out and say, I want to do that. What is this? Yeah. And I love that. I love when I get the, and then I go to their page and I'm like, got the Red Wings boots, got the car, her hats on. Okay. Right. Yeah. She's yeah. driving check, the check, truck. Check, Here check. we go.
4: Yeah. <laughs> now, what age are you starting to see interest at? Cause obviously we always hear about the young generation doesn't want to work. And it's which is
0: bullshit yeah, I just gonna which, say it,
4: you know, a lot of the people don't help them even get into the industry, and that's been a fault on everybody's part in the old ways. At what age gap are you starting to see people getting interest into what you're doing?
1: 20s, we, you know, what we do, there's a um, the 17, 18 year olds are definitely. Excuse me. Definitely there. Um, and want it. They're still a little bit restricted by whatever their finish of school is. Um, but man, do they have the, the drive and the charisma to want to go and do it. Um, the 20 to 25 year olds are the ones that are very, um, very much more consistent. They're done with school. They obviously didn't go to college at that point. We get a lot of military guys, And, um, hockey guys, the hockey
3: guys,
1: whatever, whatever happens in the hockey world, they condition (laughs) their brains to, yeah, no kidding.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That locker room Mm -hmm. jargon,
1: (laughs) man. Um, team sports guys, a lot of team sport guys, wrestlers, um, football players. Uh, and every once in a while we do get our flop where it's like, maybe we're third string or something or what, (laughs) but for, for the most part, team sports guys, competitive guys that, uh, it resonates with them in yeah. some way, shape, or form.
4: Because it's a group community out there working together, basically. Mm-hmm. They feel like it's a good controlled environment.
0: I, I would or imagine, too. Those com- are,
2: camaraderie. camaraderie.
4: You know? well,
0: well, that and I would imagine, too, it's it's a lot of the guys that are used to hard work. And, and they, there's, there's something that happens when you get exposed to hard work. You know, the initial thing for everyone when you're exposed to, you know, dad or grandpa making you go work out in the garden or whatever. Like your first instinct is, man, this sucks. But then you cross a point to where it's like, Okay. Like I I fucking planted all that. And, and now I can see the results of my work and now there's plants growing there or whatever for my labor yeah, mm-hmm. or, or landscaping in the yard or whatever. The reward is in the work. They yeah. learn that somewhere. And along I feel the like way, that's yeah. with a lot of mm-hmm. sports kids. That's mm-hmm. what it is, is, is they've had to work. Put the time you, it's time not easy in. to do a mm-hmm. sport. Like that's a lot of work. It's a lot of time commitment. It's mm-hmm. the, but they recognize the fruits of that labor. And yep. I think there's more of an appreciation for what we do because of that.
4: Yeah. Now, Jerry, being a business owner in this industry that you're at now, What's your day-to-day life look like? Just kind of go over a couple of days, from the time you get up to the time you get back home. What's it like?
1: Just wake up. and count the money. No, no yeah. yeah, no, That's not it? even close. That's he's it.
0: sweating. <laughs> That's it. He's not, he's Just crawling the, he's the, in. the, the yeah. money. So, so tonight we're actually uh, interviewing, uh, interviewing uh, Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, <laughs> Duck-tales. No,
1: no, we work hard for it. Um, it is uh pretty much. From daylight till dark. If my guys are still out in the field, then I am still right there with them. Yeah. You know, whether I am physically out there or I am at my house trying to have dinner and um, my girl knows at the drop of a hat, I've got to answer my phone. I do not not answer my phone. Um, as far as my office day, which is where I work in the office, now, which is crazy because when I started in this blue collar world, yeah. this might be important for some of these guys to hear too. Absolutely. I never wanted to be an office guy. Yep. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Ever, ever. Yep. And uh, it's, a, it's a lot harder than I ever thought it would be. Um, but that's where I have made it to at this point. So most of my day now is um, quite a numbers guy. That's what I watch. I have to be very
0: careful. We have a lot coming and going. And That's um, impossible because you don't have a college education. You right. can't tell Isn't me that, that you crazy? know what yeah. numbers are. He, he
4: educated himself. <laughs> you mean it yeah. could
5: happen?
1: Yeah. My, uh, I'll, give a, I'll give a shout out to my grandmother, Carolyn Wilson. She is uh, um, an accountant or she's self-employed now but was um, conventionally trained as an accountant. And she taught me very quickly, uh, you need to watch your numbers. Do not have somebody do that for you. And watch what's coming and going. And I'm glad that she taught me that young because uh, I definitely think things could have not gone so good if yeah. I wasn't paying attention yeah. to what's going on um, and talking mostly the big fires. That's what I put out, which sucks, but that's it. When it's made it past everybody else, then I have to go. When okay, you're the I'll man, you. it gives that's, you the drive.
0: You're you know. the man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: And, and it and it is fun. Like we talked about earlier, um, to defuse that situation. It really doesn't take anything that special. It's being a good person. Go back to your principles of what is right, what is wrong, and um, treat people like you want to be treated. Mostly, if you're good to
0: them, they're back to you. Yeah, and it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but for the most part. So, so kind of to to eclipse this whole thing to kind of draw it to a conclusion. Where do you guys want to go? Are you kind of content with where you're at? Are you continuing to grow? What's what's kind of your future plans for your company? And, and also on the content creation, kind of what's your plans there as well? Sure. I
1: would I would like to get into the manufacturing portion. My manufacturers would not like to hear that, Uh-oh. but I think that is the, <laughs> that's the the natural um, direction. At a certain point, if you're creating a brand, which we've worked very hard on, we made sure all of our trucks look the same the color right down to the color code is exactly the same when you're on the lake and you see a truck with blue and white and water's edge on it yeah out of the corner of your eye it's like looking at i knew exactly who you yeah, were i dropped drive. your
0: name and all of a sudden he's like oh dude i see their trucks everywhere that's you awesome know? yeah um, i probably called on you when i worked at southeastern maybe you, oh yeah absolutely <laughs> You ignored me, you son of a I bitch. Y- <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I already said he had a cat, 303 that, you on the know, ice. I know, and I could have changed him. I could have converted him to a case man through and through. Oh, you're a case
1: man. Yeah.
0: They're nice pieces yeah. of equipment.
1: <laughs> we the The cat thing's been... Very good for us. We had a good guy that's on the inside there and has hooked us up very well, but it's kind of like a lot of the trucks and everything. A lot of them are created
0: equal. That's yeah. just where we're at now. Absolutely. It's, it's especially in the excavator realm, I'll say in this day and age, is what color paint do you want mm-hmm. and, and what do you want the screen decals to look like? Outside of that, they pretty well run the same. Yeah. So... Maybe one day we get to manufacturing. Um, I think it would be a
1: partnership between one of these guys that is, here, here's something very important to note. There's not a lot of young people in our industry that are no. at that level of manufacturing. So the natural progression at some point is you sell your business, right? Yeah. Um, or you you uh, partner up in some way, shape, or form. So that's what I'm seeing. Um I'm always looking for that next direction. Although I love what we do very much now at some point, I would like to take that next step and then try to figure out how to wrestle that yeah. next thing down. Yeah. Um,
4: now, if you could give any advice to,
0: well, hang tight before you go there. Cause I know mm. where you're going from the content creation standpoint is, is the Whoa. doc man series. Is this kind of a, a very short lived run or is this something you seen going long term? No, this is long. I had had to cut you off. I know Rick's flipping me off here, guys, but (laughs) (laughs) no, this is long term.
1: What this is, is I'm not the dock man or my brother or any of the guys in this series. This is something for the industry. So, every dealer that's working with us now, everybody that buys their boat docks and boat lifts from us that installs it for the end user will hopefully keep climbing that ladder with us, and we will keep helping lift them up and build their content and um... their image uh, when I say we, I mean Brandon and I. It's not something I want to take on
0: myself. That's and, his. That's his creative touch. And by using a Waters Edge branded dock hoist, we right. will lift them up.
4: <laughs> all right, Rick. It's all you. Smooth. It's all you, Rick. I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> mean to cut you off. I out like there. that. That was good. Now, Jerry, if you could give any <laughs> advice, down down I'm yeah. a sales guy. At the end of the day. <laughs> if you could give any advice about somebody that's sitting on the fence of getting into this industry, what would it be?
0: Hmm. Ooh, we stumped him. Yeah. Good. Ooh. Ooh. I had like three things.
1: No, three things that popped out. Um, what I would say is pick your manufacturer that you want to work with. Don't try to sell anything and everything under the sun. It really dilutes you and your... Um, virtue towards that manufacturer and your um, what's the word I'm looking for when you know something's good and you stand behind your that. value your value there yeah. you go that was really important for us hunt, yeah, was nice. so pick yeah. one or two and the reason I'm when I say one or two is because we have enough in our lineup now where we figured out who the best floating dock is I mean nationwide Who the best lift manufacturer is. Do they listen to you guys
2: when you're like, you should change this so it makes it easier on us and it's better on you in the long term? Or do they just kind of put that totally? It's crazy. It's still crazy how unevolved it is. Yeah, it's huge in their department if they actually listen and go back to the drawing board and change it for you for future. They
1: do. And that was one thing when I used to hear that all the time and think they don't want to hear from me. Yeah. Yeah. They really do. Interesting. And you, when you, say this would work good for us and then you see something remanufactured or re- it's maybe done. just fabbed to start so you could try it. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, they're actually listening to what it. What a testament I to the manufacturer. I should have fucking put a patent on that yeah. shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I would say find your manufacturer and then pick where you want to go. Here's what I've done and it's been not the best route. Um, a lot of side roads. Here's some money here or here's this thing that we can capture quick. And it really takes us off of our vision. What you just asked me about, or you'd asked me about where, where are we going? Um, you got to do that sometimes to make your money at the end of the day,
0: but get right back on that road and keep going where you want to go. So that is fantastic advice. So I'm not going to call him out on the podcast, but there's a, there's a dear friend of mine that, that I've known for a year and a half, two years now, um, that I've kind of watched him. Do exactly that. And he's just now over the course of a year coming full circle. So he went over this past year and he's been chasing business right and left because he sees the big dollar signs. Mm-hmm. And and so he's been investing in a ton of equipment because if I, if I go buy this, I can do this. If I go buy this, I can do this. And, well, and don't get me anywhere. wrong, like he's raking in the cash. But the problem is because he hasn't stuck with his kind of core business... He's got dead he's, money. He's got a ton of equipment sitting because he's spent a bunch of money on equipment for these jobs and the rest of the fleet sits while he goes, pursues this little purse of money over here. It's a slippery it's, slope. Yeah, it, it is. And it's mm-hmm. so easy to do. And I, and, and and again, I don't fault him for it at all because so many guys in the industry initially go do that. But what sound advice stick to what you're good at. Stay on course and specialize because that's where ultimately you're going to you're going to increase your margins yep. because the more efficient you get at it the more specialized we have got along the way the uh
1: the better and more successful yeah.
0: we've become yeah it's absolutely absolutely. Mm-hmm. absolutely
2: well hey we 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 love having you on the show today yeah it's been but great we're in a, End it with this final question. The Totten if you, question. Yeah, if you could Uh-oh. change anything. <laughs> Eight and a
1: half. Um what no way? sorry. Not <laughs> right. You're talking about an extrusion on a stretch <laughs> out a little more. <laughs> if you change anything, what would
2: be your dream job? I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. You're living the dream.
1: I am. Uh no, wouldn't change a thing. I don't even need to that's awesome. That's fucking them. awesome. And like yeah. we were
2: saying the other day, that's that's fine. it's man. a testament fact, you, to the trades right there. Mostly everybody that's been on here, other than like fishing guide or something like that, but it's like it goes back to what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jerry, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, Absolutely. Brandon, everybody. Time, everybody. Absolutely. Great.
0: So do me a favor. Really, it's give us all your plugs, all your social media platforms. We've got Water's Edge
1: Dock and Hoist on Facebook. Water's Edge MMXI on Instagram. What about Brandon Name of Video? YouTube on, okay, is Water's okay, Edge
5: Dock and Hoist. Uh, we got the Dockman Man also on Instagram. The Doc Man. And yeah, Water's Edge everywhere. If you just Google Water's Edge, you're going to find it. YouTube Water's Edge, you're going to find it. Um, yeah, and then Brandon Damon Video or uh, B. Damon Video on Instagram.
2: And if you guys want to get wet and cold, get a hold of Jerry.
1: Absolutely. We'll you to work. I always answer the
2: phone.
0: And everybody looks good in a wetsuit. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> well, thanks again for listening, guys, as always. And you know my plug here. If you're listening on an Apple platform, give us a rating. Give us a review. It helps us out. We love having you guys subscribe. Check us out on social media. We'll catch you guys on the next episode of Sweat and Grime. Peace, guys.